This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. She's Courtney Cronin. We are filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin, at Amber W. Sports, at ESPN Radio. You can also give us a call. Join the conversation on the CC call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So, Courtney, we have a ton to get to on today's show. A treat today. You and I are in studio together, live. Live in the flesh in New York City. In New York City from ESPN's Seaport Studios in New York City. This is a huge treat. Courtney and I do radio together constantly. We never get to be in person together so a big day here for our Canty first and time Carlin. together in our, person that's true it's our first time doing radio together in person i estimated i think i put it on my twitter feed that we are at like 1,669,420 shows Sounds this right. is the the first one we've actually done within six feet of each other so it's exciting i mean canty and carlin get to do it all the time we host their show all the time so now it's our turn yes. now it is our turn we are taking over new york city and taking over their airwaves we have a ton to get to on today's show kareem hunt has requested a trade from the brown doesn't seem like he's gonna get one Jameis winston he rolled his ankle at saints training camp we will bring you the latest on that And which New York team should be your World Series favorite? We will get into all of that. But first, we have some breaking news out of the NBA. We knew, Courtney, that Kevin Durant was going to meet with Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Psy this week. Well, apparently that meeting has now taken place. The Athletic is reporting that during that meeting, some interesting things were said. First, KD reiterated his trade request. So apparently Kevin Durant's desire, even though things have been quiet right now, Kevin Durant's desire is still he wants out of Brooklyn. Except, apparently, there's a caveat. He would maybe consider staying if Josiah was to choose him over the pairing of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. KD wants the owner and Josiah to either roll with Kevin Durant or get rid of the head coach and the general manager. That, again, according to The Athletic, what do you make of this report? Well, it sounds like he wasn't happy with the trade that James Harden forcing his way out of Brooklyn uh, in order to get Ben Simmons in the fold. So clearly he probably was looking sideways at Sean Marks about that back at the trade deadline. Didn't want him as a teammate. I don't I don't know what more to think of it other than this is Katie saying it's me or them. And I hope that if you're a billionaire owner, you're choosing wisely and taking a once-in-a-generation talent. I... I don't know. We saw this with LeBron a little bit last year when he got to play GM and bringing Russell Westbrook into the fold and orchestrating that trade and, you know, for, for, for all intents and purposes, pulling the strings to make that happen. Now Kevin Durant's trying to pull the ultimate power move of, I still want to be out of here unless you're going to somehow get rid of the power structure that I helped form. I mean, he and Kyrie Irving wanted Steve Nash as their head coach. They handpicked him. The owner signed off on it. They made it happen. And now he's like, I actually don't like that. I made a mistake. I am acknowledging my mistake. Now get rid of him. Like, I understand that he is one of the best, if not the best at what he does, could be the best player in the world right now. But to ask for something like this, this is an astronomical ask. Joe Sy is now between a rock and a very, very hard place. I'm curious to see... What the fallout of this is going to be, how much longer this delays the inevitable for Kevin Durant, and if this doesn't happen, if they don't, if Joe Side does not bend to the will of Kevin Durant and get rid of Sean Marks, get rid of Steve Nash, and they can't find a trade partner for him this offseason, is he playing for them week one? 
he's going to have no other choice. I mean, unless he wants to like miss out on, on, on paychecks, but my goodness, like now, obviously Steve Nash is going to know what you think of him. Every time you step on the floor, mm-hmm. how's that going to work in the huddle? When we're going back to Oklahoma city, ISO Kevin Durant, that'll work. Yeah, that's why this is so interesting to me, because now this information is out there in the universe. And what are the ramifications for that if you either have KD back or if you have Steve Nash back? And I think that's by design from Kevin Durant, because this is the ultimate KD flex, right? Mm -hmm. I want more power in this organization. To your point, he already had power in the organization. He had already signed off, seemingly so anyways, on the Steve Nash hiring to begin with. And we're not far removed from Kyrie telling us they don't need a coach, right? Whoever's at the helm there, not really a coach, more like a figurehead. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be coached because they're so good. So is this Kevin Durant now acknowledging maybe we actually do need a coach? And if they bring in an actual coach, and I'm not against them getting rid of Steve Nash because, Courtney, I have no idea whether Steve Nash is a good coach. It's been such a cluster there. It's really hard to decipher what Steve Nash did to help the situation. I would say probably not much, maybe in and over his head. And we have seen in the past, you mentioned the LeBron situation. We've seen that it's not so easy to coach these super, super, superstars. Mm-hmm. I think people probably underestimate the difficulty of dealing with these sorts of egos and these sorts of star power within the locker room. And Kevin Durant certainly commands that level of respect from his organization because of what he brings in terms of talent and veteran experience. But when you start letting the players run the front office, which we've seen with LeBron to a lesser extent here, and now we're seeing the pressure put on by Kevin Durant. It doesn't always go well. Just because you're one of the best players in the world doesn't make you one of the best general managers in the world by any means. I mean, you can go back to that final press conference after they got swept by Boston in the first round of the playoffs, and remember who Kyrie Irving left out of that conversation of, okay, this offseason, me and Kevin are going to sit down with Sean with Joe, think about the future. He didn't once mention Steve Nash. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear what these players feel about the person that they wanted as their head coach at first. And maybe this is Durant realizing at 33 years old right now, soon to be 34, that if this if they're going to be able to get over the hump, it's more than just natural talent that's going to get you there. It's it's scheme. It's the X's and O's. He had you know a great X's and O's coach when he was in Golden State with Steve with Steve Kerr. And I'm not saying that Steve Nash isn't that. I don't know Steve Nash. I don't know what those huddles sound like and what they look like and all the plays that he is or is not drawing up. But I think Kevin Durant realizes the emphasis on coaching, and maybe Kyrie Irving doesn't see it the same way. Who knows? He's been quiet lately, so I don't know if he signed off on this too. I think there's a big emphasis there that if they're going to get over the hump against Milwaukee, against uh, against other teams that are really good in the East, Boston, Miami, Philly, Cleveland even, a team that you know J.B. Bickerstaff was in running for Coach of the Year this past year. Coaching matters. So I would, I would if, it, if it was just Steve Nash, I would say, okay, Steve Nash over Kevin Durant, done deal. Make it happen right now. Get somebody in who can maximize the talent of the most talented players in the world. But when you're throwing the GM in the mix too – Somebody who helped get you that four-year, $198 million contract to the day, a a year ago, right now. Kevin Durant signed that extension. I don't know about that one. I wouldn't go all in and fire everyone because the second you let a player do that, you set a precedent that is impossible to come back from. Because if you bring somebody else in that Kevin Durant eventually doesn't like, you're going to be in this vicious cycle until the player's no longer on your team. You mentioned getting over the hump. I mean, getting over the hump would be just, I don't know, not getting swept in the first round like they did against the Celtics. And 
it feels to me like Steve Nash is going to become the fall guy for that, right? Where mm-hmm. it was and we Kevin knew Durant, he was going to. And, and we knew he was going to. I was surprised he hasn't already. But obviously, Kevin Durant wants that. And maybe this is just Kevin Durant looking for a fall guy because, or fall guys in this regard, because he's also throwing Sean Marks into this conversation, even though Marks got them there and certainly has been rebuilding this roster over the last, what, five, six years, whatever he's been there at the helm. And so if you're Kevin Durant, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm in a position where I'm proud. Probably going to have to stay with this team because the market for me ain't what I maybe thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And in that case, somebody's got to take the fall because I have to have a different narrative going into the season. I can't just tuck my tail between my legs and just walk, walk in. Back. Right. Yeah. And just, oh, I'll, okay, guys, everything's great. I'm here. I have to have something change. It's not going to be Kyrie because they can't get rid of him. It's not going to be me. So it needs to be Steve Ash and Sean Marks. Jay Williams, host of Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. On the on ESPN Radio was here on Thursday, so this was before this news broke. But he discussed how KD should run it back with the Nets either way. How do you best position yourself if you do not want to be a Brooklyn Net to go somewhere else? You do that by going out and winning a championship and erasing all these questions that people have about leading a team. This is an opportunity for Kevin Durant to lead this team with probably the best on-paper talent there is in the Eastern Division and the NBA to a potential championship that could erase everything that's occurred this past year. Everything could be gone if they actually go out and have a last hurrah, you know, a last dance, whatever the terminology is for this team. Kyrie's in the contract year. Mm-hmm. He has to play well. Ben Simmons has a lot to prove. KD should just come in like, this is the way it's going to go down. This is how we're going to play this year, and we'll follow up next year with what comes with next year. But this year, we're going to go and win it. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I appreciate him saying that they can just run it back and that gives them the best opportunity and all of this goes away, except for... I really don't believe that everything just goes away. And so I think that this is the problem. It's like Kevin Durant sees this scenario and recognizes none of this goes away unless I make changes that I can pass the buck. And then in that case, maybe the storyline doesn't go away, but it simmers down a little bit if on top of that we do the winning. Yeah, they have to win. Like, that would be the only way that all of his demands, if he can guarantee that, and you can't guarantee winning. Like, unless he's got a head coach already personally picked out, which, again, a LeBron move. Remember, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Frank Vogel's out of there because he didn't get along with LeBron. He didn't go to the lengths that LeBron wanted as a head coach. It's the reason that Darvin Ham's there. LeBron handpicked Ty Lue a handful of times, so it's just he, wild. He handpicked every like, coach. He tried to get Eric Spolstra yes, fired in LeBron's first season in Miami. It's just, like, I don't know what more responsibility. Like, I'd like to see Kevin Durant not fall on the sword, but, like, take the responsibility 
for kind of setting this whole thing in motion. I don't know. In his mind, I guess that's, all right, we'll get rid of the guy that I wanted. It's kind of a weak sauce move. I can understand it, though, from the basketball perspective. If you look around and say, we're not reaching our full potential as a team, we need to get a new head coach in here. That's understandable. I just can't see how firing the general manager, asking for him to be gone, unless he's got some personal beef with him that we don't know about, how that makes sense. Like, you can ask for one thing. You can't ask for everything. So I'd say it's weird. Start small and then get bigger from there. It's not small asking for the head coach to be fired. But if there's one that's justifiable, even though I think that the pairing, like he chose to go with Kyrie Irving to Brooklyn, making this marriage happen, make it work. Make it work. Stay in Brooklyn. As Jay Will said, go win a championship in Brooklyn and then leave. Prove that you can do it here in spite of any of the circumstances that, frankly, you're kind of responsible for. Do that and then move on. And if it comes with having a new head coach and, and maximizing your talent as a basketball player, go for it. And, and so be it. But I just feel like he's asking for the world right now. And I don't know how Joe Sy, the billionaire owner of the Brooklyn Nets, is going to be able to just be like, all right, Kevin Durant, I side with you, knowing that this group that they have right now is not reliable. So you go ahead and go, you're going to you know, bet the farm that KD, Kyrie, everybody else is going to just work out and they're going to go to a championship next year if you go ahead and do what Kevin Durant wants, which would be firing the general manager and head coach, you can't you can't hedge at your future. Yeah, you feel a lot more confident, like with LeBron, that he's delivering championships than you do right now with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons on that roster. I think the Sean Marks ask, though, is the taller ask, right? Yes. Like you were asking Joe Sy to get rid of a GM that when he took over that job, the team was in the midst of a 21-win season. That franchise was in total shambles when Sean Marks took it over. He has Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving on that roster, although it hasn't produced maybe the winning that we all expected. In 60 seconds, why Kareem Hunt's trade request has everything to do with his quarterback. We will get to that after Courtney has this word from FanDuel. Start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. Just sign up using promo code PLAY, P-L-A-Y, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 one or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 369 in New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys today. We will get back to the Kevin Durant story, but I wanted to get 
an opportunity here to ask Courtney about what's happening with Kareem Hunt. Because if you don't know, Courtney Cronin has been on every single ESPN show, like literally everyone literally out made. of the seaport today. Yes, yeah, so like literally everyone. I think you had a hit on KJM this morning. I did. You were six thirty in the morning. You were a debater on first take. Yeah, I think yeah. you you had a hit on Get Up. I believe this just in. No Barton Hahn though. Thirty minutes. Uh, that was rude. No, no, no Barton Hahn. I don't. I don't appreciate that. Barton, slacking, slacking. Barton Hahn. I was not invited to be on because Shay got invited over me. I know how people feel about me. It's fine, what? Shay. I love you. Um, I think it's no. just that you didn't physically have time to be on Barton. Hahn Amber as and well. I had to go get lunch. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, somebody's got to eat at some point, right? So I know on all of these shows today, you were being asked about the Cream Hunt situation with Cleveland because Cream Hunt he was a hold in. Now apparently he's back to participating fully in training camp, but we know that Kareem Hunt is unhappy. He has quietly requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns. I would imagine, in large part, the reason for that is he watched Nick Chubb get a contract extension. He watched, like, four other dudes get paid. He watched Deshaun Watson get $230 million guaranteed bucks, and Kareem Hunt was probably thinking, where's my money at? He is playing on a base salary of $1.35 million this season that ain't nothing when we're talking about a running back of cream hunt's caliber so what do you make though of this cream hunt situation because the cleveland browns have said nope we're not trading you i can't fault the cleveland browns for this what leverage does kareem hunt have he was limited to eight games last year 386 rushing yards five touchdowns he had ankle and calf injuries so the timing of this request is so interesting to me because this is somebody who you know, I, I'm all, you know, second chances, that whole thing. The Cleveland Browns gave him a second chance when he was toxic for anybody else trying to, to figure out could they fit him in, uh, given his, you know, off the field stuff with Kansas City and then him coming to Cleveland. They gave him a second chance. Now, of course, he's five years into his career, going into year six. You don't make a lot of money beyond five years, six years potentially in the NFL, He especially as a running back. He wants that next big deal. He saw Nick Chubb get a three-year, $36 million contract last offseason. Nick Chubb is the focal point of that run game. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt is a incredible, complimentary piece, but that's still Nick Chubb and then Kareem Hunt. Don't get it twisted on the depth chart. Like There's a reason that Nick Chubb is who he is and featured so heavily in this offense, which I think Kareem Hunt looks at the situation the way the rest of us do, realizing that it's probably going to be Jacoby Brissett and not Deshaun Watson beyond those six games that Watson is currently stated to be suspended for. They're going to be relying heavily on the run. Kareem Hunt sees this as an opportunity in a year that he's going to get a lot more run. And as a running back, you have such a short leash mm-hmm. for how long you could, your body can handle that wear and tear. And so he's trying to get his money right now. Now, clearly there was some sort of conversation. They were probably like, no. And then he's like, trade me. And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. So here we are today. Holdens, whatever. It's not working right now for Kareem Hunt. And I don't expect it to. I don't blame him for wanting a contract at this point in his career. Because like you said, the shelf life of running backs. I mean, he's already there. Like he's already essentially passed it in terms of his prime. This is his last time to get paid. So I understand trying to do everything you can right now in order to accomplish that goal. I wondered if he was also upset about the usage rate 
on the opposite end of what you just suggested, where he knows that Nick Chubb's the guy there. So he knows that he won't have as many opportunities to impress as he otherwise would in an offense where maybe he was the number one back. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that plays into this conversation or if he also sees a situation where Deshaun Watson's not going to be available. They're going to be a lot more reliant on the running game, and he's concerned about his body uh, being just railed into the ground with all of the pounding it's going to take this season and knows that he needs to get a contract extension before he suffers that. Chris Canty, ESPN's radio host, was on Greeny. He's been filling in for Mike Greenberg. He said that Deshaun Watson's suspension is why Kareem Hunt's holding out. If you're talking about eight and nine man fronts because you're not afraid of the quarterback being able to push the ball downfield, then it makes it exponentially harder for Kareem Hunt to do his job. I completely understand where Kareem Hunt is coming from, and I understand the timing of all of this. It is interesting. A guy who was suspended for eight games in 2019 for an incident with a woman in a hotel that now the timing of this with Deshaun Watson not being available, but that's the reality of also trying to get paid in the NFL. And I think he probably realizes that, and look, you just paid this guy, given he had 20, at the time, 22 civil lawsuits hanging over him. You made him the highest-paid quarterback ever with a fully guaranteed contract. In his mind, he probably thinks what happened, his incident was to a lesser degree. It's like, well, you paid him. Why are you not paying me too when I have this off-the-field baggage? So, you know... He said all the right things in June. He says he wants to finish his career in Cleveland. Back in June, he reported, quote, 100% healthy. He's got one year remaining on the, on his deal. He shoot. I can't blame him. He's shooting for the stars right now, trying to get something, because honestly, probably beyond this year, he won't be able to get that same sort of figure he's got in his head where he's like, we're going to be relying so heavily on the run. I'm going to be a big part of this. I deserve a more fair share than $1.35 million on a base salary. I know he can earn up to like $4.9 yeah, million. A lot of incentives in there. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, it's even even if he does, I mean, 4.5, what are we talking about? Like, it's not crazy money for Kareem when, Hunt, when and there's no security at it, yep. and particularly when you look at what your teammate Nick Chubb is making in the backfield. Coming up, one of our analysts believes that Matt Rule better pick his quarterback correctly or it will cost him his job. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. Today, you can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin. That's her at Amber W. Sports. That's me. Or you can give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. So we covered the breaking news out of the NBA, but let's cover the breaking news out of the NFL from training camp today, Courtney. And I don't know how big of a deal this breaking news is, but it was being reported out of Saints training camp that Jameis Winston left practice early with a foot injury. Reportedly, he rolled his ankle. Obviously, a huge concern for a quarterback that's coming back after blowing out his ACL in the seventh game 
last season for the Saints. The Saints were 5-2 and two when he went down with injury. The wheels fell off without Jameis Winston. You need Jameis Winston at the helm of that team for that team to be remotely successful. What do you make of this news? Well, I think there's a clarification that we need to address here. So Dennis Allen said that Jameis Winston is dealing with a foot, he, with an ankle injury, and this is a foot injury. I mean, it's the same body part, more or less. Yeah, the direct quote from like, Dennis Allen is he kind of tweaked his foot a little bit. Yeah, and so it's not an ankle injury is what Dennis Allen had initially said. That's what's coming out from our reporters down in, in, in New Orleans right now. But, you know, I think this is a big deal because how long is this going to keep him out? Remember, Michael Thomas had an injury that you know kept him out basically the better part of the last two seasons, and he's finally getting into 11-on-11 11 11 in training camp. Mm-hmm. Building that continuity with your quarterback, especially a new quarterback, because the last time that Michael Thomas was Michael Thomas of 149-catch season, Michael Thomas, he was getting balls thrown to him by Drew Brees. Like, are you turning to Taysom Hill in, in I guess, you know, relief right now of Jameis Winston, what are you doing at the quarterback position? They because, last year. you know, yeah, and, and you saw how that turned out, obviously, for the Saints. And we know Jameis Winston got the short-term extension from New Orleans this offseason. He's probably, you know, he's got a chance to set himself up for being the long-term option. But, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. Fortunately, they do have Andy Dalton in the fold. And Andy Dalton can win you games. He's a veteran quarterback. He came there from Chicago as a free agent this offseason. It's a nice fail-safe in the meantime. I just worry about with Jameis Winston, how long is something like this going to keep him sidelined for? Because he's got to be able to master and pick up this offense. They're asking different things of him with Dennis Allen as the head coach, defensive head coach. I mean, it's not Sean Payton anymore. It's a different look in New Orleans. So I'm curious to see how we're able to – you know, kind of spin that forward, how long this thing is going to keep him out and how that affects, you know, the the chemistry that's being built between the quarterbacks and the receivers. Because it's more or less, it's, it's an entire new receiving core than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is back. Jarvis Landry, who will be playing in the slot, just came down from Cleveland. Chris Olave, they used a first-round pick on him. Certainly, they think highly of what this offense can do and want, and you know, with Alvin Kamara, too, being a big part of that Got to build that continuity, though, with who's throwing you the ball. And if Winston isn't out there, you can't do that. You mentioned that there was some question whether it was a foot or ankle injury. It was being reported that it was a foot injury. Let's hear about it directly from the man himself, Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Jameis went in today, kind of tweaked his foot a little bit. He went in for some evaluation. I don't have any update on that, but it was kind of rolling out. I think it was in the seven-on-seven period that kind of felt it tweak a little bit. and, And so we wanted to go in and get him evaluated. A huge loss if, in fact, he's injured. I mean, really, this season, because a lot of people have the Saints as a sleeper pick mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. A lot of people are really high on the Saints. I know you're not like the Not. I, like, I'm not. I'm having a hard time buying I know in. that like is willing to be like, what are you all talking about? And I kind of agree with you because they're, they seem to be in this wild card mix. And they are a wild card to right. me. Like, I'm just not entirely sold because of some of the changes that they've had defensively. Obviously... You know, with Honey Badger being there, that's a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong, but, you know, is Marcus Davenport healthy? How What does that pass rush look like? There are a lot more questions for me than there are sure 
surefire bets I'm with this even, team. I'm not even sold on Jameis yet. Like, I no, get he was 5-2 and two before he went down with that injury. But, like, I only saw it for really only six games. He went down during the seventh game last season. I understand during that time it looked better than it did in Tampa. We have no idea what would have happened after that point, though, had he stayed healthy. Would he have gotten interception happy, which is obviously a problem we've seen with Jameis in the past. I don't know what Michael Thomas is going to look like. I know he's back in 11-on-11 11 11 drills, and he missed an entire season with an injury. You know, is he going to be back fully healthy and back to what we expect from him? I don't know what Olave is going to turn into. I mean, I just think there's questions here. And then not to mention, hey, Sean Payne's departure means something to me. Sure. I guess really that's where I come from is that I don't understand why everybody's so sure that they're not going to miss any step when you're going from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen doesn't have a good record as head coach. It was a disaster last time he was a head coach. Presumably he's learned. He's been Sean Payton's right-hand man or left-hand man, however you want to call it, uh, from the defensive perspective, for a very long time in New Orleans. So it should go better than it did last time Allen walked into a head coaching position. But we're talking about a future Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payton. And so I just have a lot of questions with this team. And then if we add in the fact that now Jameis, I mean, are we talking about a serious thing? Are we talking about something that's going to be lingering through the season? Is he going to keep tweaking this foot? I don't even know how you tweak a foot. I know you tweak an ankle. Like, how are you tweaking a foot? What is he doing? I don't know. Apparently, I think it sounded like he was in movement. It sounded like rolling out. he was rolling out when it happened on a seven-on-seven period, and then he tweaked it a little bit, and he's getting a value. I don't know what a little bit means. You know, that's a direct quote from Dennis Allen. So I I just think that this Saints team, I'm surprised how sold everybody is on them, frankly. No, I agree with you. And I think it's because the NFC is so top-heavy with, like, three teams, and then we're all trying to, like, throw darts at the wall and see where it lands. That's what it is. It's like we we need more teams to be good in a terrible conference. They don't seem as terrible as the rest of the conference. Like, like let's put them as the seventh seventh team right now going for the wild card Yeah, we need to not just talk about the AFC. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to to me with this Saints coverage. Coming up next, one former rookie of the year who has battled injuries is looking explosive this preseason, according to his new coach. We'll get into that. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Minnesota Twins manager Rocco Baldelli was furious with the officiating crew that oversaw their 3-2 loss to the Toronto Blue Jays on Sunday. Baldelli was ejected in the top of the 10th after erupting after the umps said the Twins catcher Gary Sanchez blocked the plate during a play at home that eventually gave the Jays a win. Here was Rocco Baldelli in his press conference after getting ejected after the game. For someone to step in in that situation and ultimately make a decision that that was blocking the plate, that's beyond embarrassing for our game, for all the players out there on both sides of the field working their ass off. It's one of the worst moments I think we've seen of umpiring in any game I've ever been a part of in baseball. And I think it was pathetic. Pathetic. Very strong words there. That was not even the strongest of what he said, though, calling it chicken bleep. And um, he, he like, motioned up towards the the, what looked like the review booth. Mm -hmm. And I think he had some comment there. He kicked dirt at at the plate, um, you know, was screaming. I I like this because this is a Twins team that has a one-game lead on the Guardians right now in the AL Central. They've come from behind this year, and now they're at the top of their division – Every game matters. And I've watched this play over and over and over again. And so what the umpire is arguing here was that the catcher blocked the plate. I don't know how Gary Sanchez can do his job standing in a defensive position to try to tag the runner out at home by doing other anything other than what he did. Like, right. I have to agree with him here. I won't say it's the worst call I've ever seen in my entire life, but... In watching this multiple times, I mean, he gets in his stance. I don't know what more he's supposed to do when he's trying to tag the runner, like step to the left of the plate and try to like reach over and, and tag him. I I don't see how that's possible. So good for a uh, fired up Rocco Baldelli. Very a good, fired up. A good I, Rocco Baldelli. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I guess get fired up, right? Uh, I it, I don't. Does it work the same way in baseball? Where like now he's going to get fined. Because here's the problem. Managers get thrown out for everything. Oh, they get thrown out. But do they get fined afterwards? Because this is the thing. Like, we don't get enough of this, like, in the NBA and whatnot. Like, when in these other sports, they won't go after. The coaches won't go after because they get fined so much. And I like this. Why aren't they allowed to go after the umpires? Why aren't they allowed to go after the referees? I think that this is fun. It makes uh, the spirit of the game far more passionate. And he's right. He was right. He, he was right to exude all of that passion. I mean, it doesn't really do anything at this point. I mean, there's nothing that can be done now. The Blue Jays walked away with a 3-2 win, which officially splits their four-game series against the Minnesota Twins. Sounds like football, and that's what it is here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin, we're filling in for the guys, rounding out the 3 o'clock hour for you. You can always give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. So we are in the midst of NFL training camps. We're going to play a little game. We'll bring in our producer, Cam Pratt, for it, and we're going to do some NFL training camp wrap-up. What's up, Cam? All right. What's up, Amber? What's up, Courtney? We were just talking about Jameis Winston uh, potentially rolling his ankle or his foot. Um, But, Courtney, you mentioned Michael Thomas back on the field in 11-on-11 drills for the first time in two years. Here's how Coach Dennis Allen says he's looking. I'd say I think he looks good out there. Looks like he's rounding back into form like he was prior to the injury. You know, certainly there's still a progression that we're going through with that player, but... 
He's incorporated himself into some team drills. You see some physical contact happening out there, and, and he continues to line up again. So, yeah, I mean, I like where he's at. So if they get Michael Thomas back healthy, they've got Chris Olave, and now they have Jarvis Landry, Courtney. Is this the best wide receiver group in the NFL? No. What? Like, did we did, did we just forget about the Cincinnati Bengals? Did we forget about the Buffalo Bills, who might go get Odell Beckham Jr. if uh, Von Miller has any sort of pull? Like, no, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think Jarvis Landry is still a very, very good receiver, but he's nearing the other side of his career. Chris Olave is an unproven rookie. He can be very, very good, like he was at Ohio State. I don't know that yet. Um, and Michael Tom- Thomas is coming off of injury. He hasn't played in two years. We discussed this on First Take today about can he get back to being a top ten receiver. I don't think you can put him in any sort of category like that until he actually plays because all of these other guys, in the meantime, elsewhere in the NFL, have passed him up. He's not 149 catch Michael Thomas anymore. So, you know, that could be a very good group, yes, but I'm almost like insulted at the audacity of that question. What is that question? I am shocked at this question. I'm a bit horrified. I mean, Michael Thomas at one point, yes, obviously an elite receiver. He hasn't been 100% since he was injured in that 2020 season opener. He hasn't been a full participant in practice since the end of that season. Then he missed the entire 2021 season after having the surgery on that ankle. It has been years, plural, since Michael Thomas was the Michael Thomas that we remember in terms of elite elite at the top of the NFL. So to suggest that that's the best wide receiver room, what are we talking about? We're talking about a Michael Thomas who may not at all be the same Michael Thomas, and we're talking about Jarvis Landry. Like, we're going to take Jarvis Landry above a room with Devontae Adams or a room with Tyreek Hill in it? No, I, I mean, I the Saints aren't even... I, I don't. I would have to go through the wide receiver rooms in the NFL quickly in my head to rank them. But I mean, the Saints aren't definitely. Aren't, I wouldn't imagine are in my top five. If you ask Keyshawn, he'll be right back to uh, top form. Based on what? Yeah, that like, he's related to him. Wait, oh, that <laughs> he's related to him. Well, that's what it is. He's Wait, Keyshawn cousin, right? and, and Michael Thomas are related. Yeah, I believe they are cousins. Or yeah, something? they're cousins. Wait, anyway, where have I been? moving on. Uh, I did not realize I would insult so many people with that I'm, question. Like, fired up. How now. about We're former flummoxed. defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore? Big standout for the Colts. Here's Frank Reich. Yeah, I can just tell you from a quarterback's perspective, he's the kind of cornerback you fear because the way he sees the game, he knows what's coming before it's coming. He's so quick to recognize routes, concepts, and then he has the ability to make plays on the ball and turn it over. Another guy who's had a couple years since his peak. Amber, what are you expecting out of the Colts as a whole this year? Ooh, the Colts as a whole. Um, Listen, I think that you don't just evaluate them in terms of Matt Ryan, but obviously they did make some moves like bringing in Stefan Gilmore to help a defense in a secondary that really, really needed it. I don't know. I mean, this Gilmore acquisition, it is a little bit like the Thomas one, and it's like, I don't know what he has left. He's missed a lot of games over the last two seasons. He's played just 19 games over the last couple seasons. He's been dealing with a lingering quad injury throughout the last couple years. So here, though, he signed a two-year deal with them. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's not that many years removed from being Defensive Player of the Year. I think it's a good pickup for them. I do think Matt Ryan is a huge upgrade there in Indy, uh, but I don't think that I'm having the Colts winning a Super Bowl with, what is it, 38-year-old Matt Ryan mm-hmm. at this point in his career? They're a playoff team, or yeah. they should be, but the AFC is so loaded. I mean, maybe come over to the NFC and I can like almost put <laughs> you as a lock as a playoff right. team. The one thing that I think is going to really benefit 
this team. And I know that we're talking about Stephon Gilmore here, and, and that's fine. Like Defensively, they've got a new scheme there with Gus Bradley because Matt Eberflus left and is in Chicago. Um, they were so good at taking the ball away last year. A lot of times you regress off of that just because interceptions are hard. That's a hard stat to like replicate year after year. So if they took a step back there, I think it would actually be okay because of some of the additions that they made. They have Unique Ngakwe now uh, to like kind of fortify their pass rush. But the reason if the Colts make the playoffs, I think it will be certainly a big part of that is having Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, Philip Lindsay. I think they're one of the best running back trios in the NFL. But you also don't need to lean on them as heavily as you did last year because Matt Ryan is your quarterback. So, like, you have very good, competent, whatever adjective you want to call it, quarterback play. And you also can, like, have the fail-safe of the run game, which, you know, is going to be a big emphasis for them, but not in the way that it had to be last year because Carson Wentz was your quarterback. So, I think they're a very good team. The AFC South... They should be number two, if not number one. It's either them or Tennessee, and, and obviously one of those teams going to the playoffs. Maybe the other one can get a wild card spot. All right, can you in do 10 one seconds. more in 30 seconds? Yeah, here, Brian Dayball called Saquon Barkley explosive in training camp. Great. What do you guys expect out of him? I, yeah, I mean, cool. Great. He's, he's stay it's a contract year for Saquon. Let's hope he can stay healthy and prove uh, that he still has something left in the tank. It's really, really hard to believe at that position in the NFL when we've seen the wear and tear on Saquon Barkley that he's going to have a bounce-back season. But good for him if he figures it out. More Canty and Garland coming up next on ESPN Radio.